0: All right, Jackie. So quick question for you. What are your financial resolutions for this year?
1: Wow, Grant, that is a extremely big question for a woman who is not ready for the end of the year, number one. (laughs) No less 2023. Bring it on, I guess. Um, A few things in terms of paying down my debt, which we'll get into later on. Uh, I have been a little naughty in terms of what I've purchased for not only my friends and family, but myself. A little gift for me while I'm gift for thee. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> right? You, you have that going on, I bet, too. And um, really understanding the ability to afford a second home in the lieu of retirement, right? So want to mm-hmm. get a little bit of that organized. But with rates going up as they are, not sure if I'm going to put the uh, pause button on it. How about you? I know you have those two little lovelies at home and Katie and the family. What are are you and Pixel planning on?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, uh, you know, cutting back a little bit, trying to be a little bit more thrifty and spend conscious because I I think I'm in the same boat with you where I went a little spend crazy just you know those kids toys they're they're very cheap but when you buy 35 of them they uh they really they really add up and in fairness that's 35 for the both of them so like it's only 17 and a half each you know
1: yeah that's a good way of looking at it yeah <laughs> yeah it. especially but, the way that they seem to go through their stages now they're developing oh, so yeah. quick I'm sure you also have college on your mind there
0: well I'm I'm just worrying about paying for uh daycare in 2023 let alone college so that's that'll be a conversation for another day
1: Well, I think as all of our listeners and as we've discussed, everyone can appreciate that there are a lot more expenses and in some cases, not a lot more dollars coming into our households. So we've got to be very thoughtful about this resolution and what we're planning on doing next year.
0: Definitely. And, you know, hopefully today we can talk about that and get everybody's minds going and they'll feel good and prepared for 2023 as well. Absolutely.
1: Let's welcome everybody back then to another episode of well being and your wallet. I am here with you, Grant. And unfortunately, we are one down today, one man down. So we're going to have to do double duty to pitch in for our other usual tri host, uh, Sean Lubitz, who is not able to make it today. But we will definitely do him proud. He did give us some notes, I think, where to follow. As you know, and all of our listeners out there know, we've been doing this for a couple now times. And I'm very happy to be back with you all as the chief brand and strategy officer at Affinity Federal Credit Union. It's my pleasure to have this time with all of
0: you, our members and our listeners out there. And I am Grant Gallagher and I'm the head of financial well being at Affinity Federal Credit Union. And you know, the good news is is even though Sean is not with us here today, I'm sure he will be taking some well being time and be back with us soon shortly and recharge. So all is good. Absolutely.
1: And we'll welcome him back. And one of the resolutions I know that he shared with me from some of our members out there, you know, is definitely to get a handle on the spending side. So we talked a little bit about that in our opening question. But as as we know, um, Black Friday is behind us. Uh, Cyber Monday has come and gone. And definitely people are like us, Grant, they're spending in the billions, quite oh, yeah. honestly. Now, I know we haven't spent a billion between the both of us, but some nine billion dollars in an increase over a year, right, of a little over 2.5%. I, I still think people are going to continue to have records be broken here. Cyber Monday broke records, right, with $11 billion in spending. People made it a lot easier to shop online and get things delivered. But in crunch time, now it's time to resolve and review, right? Yes, <laughs> so, yes. As we said before. Um, I think the, the general gist of what I've heard too from some of our members is, how can we help them with paying down the debt? And I know you have spent a lot of your career in financial education and literacy um, asking people different questions about good choices, bad choices, and how to budget and get through those tough times. So what do you think about paying down the debt? How, how can someone do that efficiently?
0: Well, you know, it's it's an interesting topic because when when we're looking at Paying down debt, there's two sides of it. There's there's the well being side, and then there's the traditional financial education side of things. And you know, when we're looking at it from purely spending on experiences and spending on things that are are improving your financial well being, as long as it's not a to the point of it's a stress on your regular finances and you can maintain those those payments, um, it's it's not it's not a huge thing to focus on. But most people, when they're looking at it, they, they don't like carrying a lot of debt. They don't like carrying a lot of interest. And and it, it makes logical sense. I mean, you're you're in essence, you've already paid for the thing that you want. Now you're just financing it and that, that initial rush of, of enjoyment is gone. This is just That's kind right. of like the painful side of it. So so people are trying to just minimize that pain as, as best as they can. Um, you know, traditional knowledge tells you to to focus on you know interest rates. If if you had to finance something at a high interest rate, like that's where you should really focus, and then kind of uh, just work it down to your to your lowest interest rate. Um, but you know that that's only one side of the approach. Um, some people like to. Approach it from a more psychological perspective of the smaller balances that they can complete first. Kind of gives them that extra mm. boost to go forward and and keep keep paying down. Um, personally, you know, I don't think it matters which one you do as long as you do it and you stay steady with it. And that's kind of the big picture is is just looking at your overall financial situation and and figuring out where you can start to to chip away at that and setting wow. up an automatic uh, payment so that you do it. Because the second that you, you, you say, well, I'll skip this month and I'll do it the next month. You're not skip, you're not doing it the next month. I mean, it's like once, once you stop, it's very hard to pick that thing up. It's, it's very much about the habit and just forming those, those financially healthy habits that you stick to. Um, cause you're going to, let's be honest, you're probably going to have the same situation next year, Maybe you'll remember what you did this year. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll be in a completely different financial situation. Um, but it's really kind of building that healthy habit of of paying down your debt. Um, that's that's critical.
1: Yeah, you made a, a couple of things into that uh, resolve part, right? So one, health and well being around finance, right? There's a lot of stress yep. when finance. Is- is difficult to measure and manage. And I know we'll talk about that in a future episode. But also the thing that you were talking about I thought was interesting is sort of knowing what your um, payment tolerance is. Are you a yeah. small balance? Get it out of the way. How many cards do you have? I know um, I had a period in my life, especially after college, I, I was doing the card roulette. You know, what card <laughs> could I use next? Because yep. didn't quite know where I was with some of those expense and the thresholds, right? But also, like you said, tackle it and keep to it. So, anything in in your years of experience that was a good way of sticking to it? I know we talk about budgeting, but is this a different type of uh, tactic or approach that you take when you're trying to pay down the debt?
0: Well, so it's. It, I mean, it's it's very it's very logically based. I mean, it's it's really just making sure that you can afford. Because because here's the thing: you if you're gonna pay down this debt. It doesn't mean you should be taking away from other critically important financial activities. You know, if you have regular bills that need to be paid, those of course come first. If you don't have something like an emergency fund, you need to really build that up first, and you can kind of just pay the minimums until you've got that established. Um, but you know, it really all depends on how naughty you've been in the holiday season and how big those balances are, because those those minimum payments may be. A bigger challenge than you had expected. Um, so, really, just making sure that your your financial situation is sustainable. Um, and if it's not, you know, getting that help, getting that advice to kind of triage to get yourself back to a point where you have a regular cash flow, where you're not going to go negative and and you know start overdrafting or start having to borrow more to pay back what you've already borrowed. Because that's, I mean, that's a debt spiral, and that's really hard to get out of. So it's it's identifying the situation you're in and understanding how to get out of it is the very first step. And then building that plan and sticking to that plan is is the next step.
1: I think you're also looking at maybe a partnership and counseling on that. Sometimes yes. I think it's, um you know, I know myself, I don't use, but maybe I should an aggregator of all of my outstanding card debt. I look at it app by app, right? So if I'm in yep. the affinity app, I'm looking at the affinity dollars that I have. Um, sometimes I actually use my home equity if I know that I'm Doing a bigger purchase than even the card because the rates are different, but I think it's coming down to a couple things. Maybe how do we use counselors a little bit more? And I know um, Sean and his team uh, speak to this, preach this. They are there for our members. But what do you think about getting a buddy in this kind of a, a debt buddy, if you will, to partner up with and, and help stick the course?
0: Uh, totally. I, I mean, using your your. Social network using your support structure using your friends and family who I'm sure that you you can very easily find somebody who's also put themselves in a, in a tough debt situation to to work themselves out of can can keep you honest about it they can and they can be a sounding board to ease your frustration about having to pay this stuff back um, but you know not not everybody will necessarily have that so it's always good to to consider what professional resources you have. And, and maybe that's, you know, your, your local branch representative, maybe it is truly a credit counselor. Um, but I, you know, the, the key piece of it is really understanding the situation, looking at the whole picture. And, and like you're mentioning some, some sort of aggravator to make sure you have that snapshot. Um, because I'll, you know, I'll be honest. I I probably switch between three different cards depending on what the reward benefit is, or what the you know if I have the the company card for for that group. And sometimes I I forget, you know. Sometimes it's like, oh, apparently I put my auto repair, which was a pretty hefty bill, on my uh, Amazon card, and I don't really pay too much attention to my Amazon card because usually it's only for Amazon purchases, but. If I'm not paying attention, all of a sudden my plan goes out the window because I'm $1,000 uh, over what I thought I was. So it really is that understanding that snapshot so that you can have a, a meaningful, real conversation with somebody else to, to talk through it and figure out what that plan looks like.
1: Yeah, I love the the part about the different cards. So I know that I used to have sort of a, I'll go to the department store and, and get that initial yep. off to get the credit card for the department store, or if I'm going somewhere, like you said, if it's travel point related, I have a United card that I still have because of years of travel and building up equity there. But I think the good news about what you do when you sort of take this step to make a resolution for the years, like you said, look at it all together. And sometimes those department store credit rates, you know, uh, interest rates are significant Right. I mean, we have rates between fifteen and eighteen percent right now, with the variable being the what the what the Fed does. Right, if they raise it or they don't. Um, But those those department store credit cards, man, if you take a look at that fine print, could take you a lot longer to pay that debt down.
0: Oh yeah, and and they're you know generally probably I mean, and this is just a guesstimate, you know, ten percent higher than probably everything else in your wallet. And then you know, if you got any sort of interest-free promo or something fun like that. I mean, they have, I mean, it is just a whole scroll worth of fine print of, well, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And know if you don't do it by this date, you back, you owe all that back interest, which is sometimes hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. That's right. That happened to me
1: at a, a, a home, um, let's call it a large box store that does home <laughs> things. And I was legitimately one day, because I misread it, yep. and all of that interest came flooding back on the doors, uh, the screws, hammer, nail, new tools that we bought for our home improvement. And boy, did that balloon of deferred interest really add up. And yeah. you know, quite honestly, it, it wasn't that long ago, and it taught me a different lesson, which is one, not only counsel to know where your debt is at, like you were talking about before, but before you get involved in a debt relationship, whether it be a card or a loan or a line of credit, making sure you really understand those terms, right? Because that could be the difference right now with the variable interest rates being where they are.
0: And that's, that's one of the things that, that we'll typically talk about from a financial education side of things is, is understand, truly understand, not just read the fine print, but understand what you're getting into when you sign up for something like that. Because, you know, a zero interest balance transfer, a zero interest promo period may seem like a really good idea up front. But then when you realize like, oh, I don't, I'm not willing to set up the automatic payments to stick to this and get it paid by that due date. Well, then you're basically just signing up for whatever that interest rate is. Whatever initial discount you probably got is way less than that. And it actually turns out that it's a pretty bad deal. So, you know, making sure that, you are willing to commit to sticking to what those terms and conditions are, and, and truly making that payment, and really making it done done by those due dates is critical. Because otherwise, you know, you're you're not truly assessing the deal for what it is, and and in the long run, that stuff typically will cost more more than it's worth.
1: Yeah, I love the uh, the focus on the due date because I know in a few years back, the um, statements had to be changed so that you saw if you paid over a certain period of time, what the total expense. would be on that debt. And I think it's a really good thing if you haven't out there who's listening not looked at your statements. Take a look at your statements because it matters. And that debt over time can really add up if it's the wrong interest rate or it's not an interest rate that benefits you like we just spoke to. But give me a little insight here because I I always wonder what to do about this. You know how most uh, apps will allow you to set up a set amount each month that you can put against the debt is that a good idea to do? You think to have that sort of earmarked and making sure that obviously those funds are available in your account and that you can really take advantage of that automatic payment setup that most like ourselves offer.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of any way that you can automate your financial life. Um, you know, typically what I'll what I'll tell people to do is figure out what all those payments are. That'll tell you what that. Absolute minimum amount that you have to have your in your account uh, in your account to pay those, and then just make sure that you're maintaining that balance. It really kind of simplifies the approach to it, and and pay everything out of one account. You know, I I know a lot of people have different accounts at different places, but. The more complex your financial situation and, and the more, you know, of the the prongs of the spider web that you have to follow to kind of unravel things, the more difficult it's gonna be to keep track of everything and the more likely it is that you're gonna miss something, you're gonna miss the due date by a day, you're gonna, you know, fat finger the typing in the amount and you're gonna pay 10 cents less, and that 10 cents is, you know, not fulfilling the requirement, and now you owe them hundreds of dollars. So it's, you know. Just make it as simple and easily followable as possible. Consolidating your finances is, is always a good idea to just make things as, as easy as possible. Um, you know, and, and that's the other thing too, is if, if you're really sensitive to rates and you're always out there trying to find the best rates on things, think about just how much that's costing you an extra work that you're putting towards managing your finances. You know, is, is that extra 0.2% that probably, you know, equates to maybe... A couple hundred dollars worth, the couple extra hours every month that you're putting towards managing your finances and, and tracking things down, and possibly putting in an elaborate spreadsheet. You know, it's <laughs> you, there, or using those
1: tools online yeah. that you wrote for. I mean, we have personal yeah. finance management tools on our website. I I think that they're a really good idea if you like to be on the online side of things. If you're more of a traditionalist and you like to kind of do that yourself and look at all these things that you still get sent. Some people still get mail to look at their statements, right? not just online. Uh, I think the best thing, though, is know your type of behavior, to your point. Know what you need to do to get organized. Make one of those resolutions being better organized in 2023. Because managing your finances, like you said, is work. It actually takes the work and effort to put into being able to get these big goals accomplished, like paying down your debt.
0: Yeah. And it's important to understand where those pain points are for you, you know, and it's it's just setting yourself up to understand where the potential points of failure are. Like if you hate sitting down and figuring things out, you're gonna push it off as long as possible. You know, I I, I like to pick on my mom a little bit because she's an old school write out a physical check and mail it, you know, all the time, and I'm like mom, there's so many points of failure in your system of you might run out of checks one day and then all of a sudden you need to get an emergency order of checks or like you might run out of stamps and now you got to go out and get a stamp or oh, the post office might just like have a terrible slowdown because of holiday mail and even though you mailed out your check on time, it got lost in all the the holiday cards that were going out. So it's like understanding where those points of failure and those pain points are for when you're managing your finances is basically proactively preventing Unexpected things from happening, and absolutely. They, yeah, they- I think you
1: make an excellent <laughs> point. I mean, you know, or or having the excuse the check is in the mail yeah. <laughs> that used to yeah. work years ago doesn't work in this generation of financial management. Um, one thing that we wanted to wrap up and talk a little bit about is the strategy overall that could work best for you. Um, when I think about managing financial transactions, um, whether it be this holiday spending or taking an inventory of my debt versus my income. I think the best part about it starting of a new year is you sort of have to reconcile some of that for tax purposes as yep. you're working either directly with your own online management tool for that or an accountant or both. What other strategies do you think really help that we could um, offer here at Affinity that you've been a champion of for many years? I know Sean and his team obviously are in our branches. They can work with you anytime. any time. I know we've had credit counseling, which a lot of the members come to me and say, that changed my life. Yeah. Credit counseling through Affinity made all the difference in the world. And I was able to do open a business, do sending, uh, sending my child to school, paying down my debt. So tell me a little bit about some strategies you feel like really work well and that you can partner here at Affinity to do those.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the main thing is really just getting that initial conversation started getting that kind of grasp on on where to start because that's that's the thing that that we always talk about is everybody's situation is different you know we can't give you just a one-size-fits-all solution you're gonna have to look at what the full picture is what your goals are what's important to you and then we can take that next step of saying like okay x y or z is where you should focus so i mean if you don't even know even have an inkling of where to start that's step number one, you know, sit, sit down with a representative, have them kind of give you some guidance and and a conversation and and we can move you in the right direction. But if, you know, if the, the next step is truly like, well, your situation is kind of a mess and you put all of your debt across five different cards and they all have different interest rates and different due dates you know maybe that's where the conversation pivots to well debt consolidation makes a lot of sense right now to simplify that down to one payment because you know i think a lot of people kind of think of debt consolidation loans as as people who are you know truly in a in a financial mess and it's like the last resort for them but no it's a great tool for simplifying your your payments and and not having five different due dates and five different minimums and just kind of getting that all lumped into one one simple approach. Um, but you know, those folks that are truly in that tough situation, I mean, credit counseling is is a great way to to help resolve their issues. You know, they're they're not only going to help you put together a personalized plan, but they're gonna look beyond that too. You know, they're gonna look to the future of, okay, you're in a tough spot now, but what does that ideal situation look like? Let's put together that plan where it's not just gonna be through the next couple months, it's going to be through the next couple of years and and get you to a good spot.
1: Yeah. I think it's so important what you were just saying about the different stages. So one is how you organize yourself. And like you said, know where everything is to kind of sum it up and go, Oh, wow. Didn't quite realize I spent that extra $500 on those things, but I did. Let me take care of it. I can manage it. Or I need the help and support because I'm not good at managing multiple dates. I can go through the process of working with an affinity representative to do debt consolidation. And there is a product for that, which combines a lot of good features like one date and usually a a very fair rate to be charged on that. The other thing that I think you mentioned, which is really a part of where we help people in their well-being, is that credit counselor. Uh, If you need the help, please reach out to us. We'll give you information in this podcast, how to do that, but definitely seek a partner before it gets too far. Because I know myself when I was very young in this process, it can impact a couple years of your life with your credit worthiness. Your impact will be to your credit score. It will definitely be to things that you may or may not be able to afford. And it can change your life if you feel that stress from just that overlooming, you know, debt that you might have. That is definitely something you can solve. We've we've definitely worked with thousands of members on solving it. So definitely through our, our system here at Affinity or just seek help outside of affinity, wherever you can get it, just please do if you're in that situation. Um, One thing I wanted to have you finish on, if you could, Grant, was, you know, I know we've heard from some of our members out there for different reasons. Is there any story that you can remember that someone came to you with in the situation that you said, you know what, here, Jackie, go out and and (laughs) seek the help of, or any words of wisdom in closing on this that you thought were really important to share with our listeners and our members?
0: I mean, wh- one of the things that, and, and I think you touched on it just a, a little bit before, is the value and the importance of of credit and maintaining your credit. I, I mean, whether you feel good, bad, or indifferent about it, the reality is so much of your financial life hinges on your credit. You know, it, it never used to be the case where it leaked over to things like apartments or utilities or, or even employment. But these days, all of those things are checking your credit. And if you're going to miss... You know, a, a, a small payment and go past due, and it get reported to the credit agencies. That can have terrible rippling impacts on your on your life, and it's it's over a relatively small amount of money for the most part. I mean, if you know a lot of places have a minimum minimum payment of you know twenty or thirty dollars, and you know, could you imagine just like basically your financial life going into ruins for less than a hundred dollars? I mean, it's it's a really And it's a real thing. I know
1: some people that's happened to. It's absolutely a real thing. You're absolutely right. Make sure you're diligent. Use those online tools that are there to check what's going on with your credit ratings. There are different ones, different services, Equifax, Experian Trends. Check, right? Go through that process. And there are ways to boost your credit if you need to, that rating. But definitely, I think the due diligence, to your point, is start small. Be very uh, thoughtful about where things are. And just pay the small things and get them out of the way so they don't equal to bigger issues later down the road.
0: Yeah, it, 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 can, it can snowball pretty pretty quickly and, and get out of control, but um, being proactive and and aware is is the best way to prevent it.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Um, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about some of the uh, member mail that we get, but any other final thoughts? I mean, I think it was a great discussion. I think some of our resolutions have not changed, but probably became more result. And resilient in this conversation. So anything that you, uh, you think of that your financial resolution altered today, given this reflection that you just went through?
0: No, I mean, I, I just, you know, members out there, if you have any good, good advice on curbing your spending and and not, not hitting buy on Amazon quite so much, I'm, I'm all ears, you know, it's
1: 17 and a half presents later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Maybe, Maybe I'll roll over some of those to, to the birthday, but, um, You know, they're still still getting paid in in this credit card cycle.
1: There you go. Well, I'm sure everyone will have a wonderful holiday at the Gallagher household. So happy (laughs) holidays in that regard to you guys and enjoy the new year as well, right? (laughs) All those new presents to play with. All right. Why don't we go to the mailbag? Let's see what Santa has left us, uh, hopefully not coal. What's in that mailbag?
0: (laughs) All right. Well, and uh, just a reminder, you know, if you have a comment or question for a future member mailbag segment, segment, please send it to Affinity uh, at Affinity on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. So please send all your comments and suggestions there and you could be featured on a future episode. So today's question is, uh, my family is growing and will need a new vehicle soon. Where do we start? And if we want to use uh, an affinity auto loan and not the options from a dealer that have high rates. It's a
1: very competitive market (laughs) in this auto space. Um, I can tell you, I'm looking for my 16-year-old daughter and it's not easy. (laughs) I never thought when I had my $500 car (laughs) so many years ago (laughs) that my dad helped me get that it would be many, many, many times that amount. Right So, yep. I, I find the best way to do is online research right now. I think there's so many options out there. Uh, I know we've had a partnership with Costco and others over the years to really help put those members of ours in vehicles at different discount and offerings. Um, and I would say I, I think if you say think the same way, but it's research, <laughs> excuse me, research based, but it's also affordability over time, right? Think yep. about how long that term is going to take you. Many terms are six and seven years now, right, Mm -hmm. for new autos. And then how are you refinancing your existing, if you have coming off lease, or if you're seeing something out there that you're saying, you know what, I want to take a little bit more time to pay down this debt. Um, The other thing, too, is uh, we have a great partnership with our indirect lenders. So when you're at the dealership, ask for affinity. Because (laughs) even if you're not a member, you can become members, and we have great rates, especially on used autos. So what are yeah. your thoughts there, Grant?
0: So I'm, I'm actually a huge believer in getting your auto loan approved before you ever go shopping. And and the reason for that is a lot of dealers will, will ask you what you can afford from a monthly payment perspective and then try to back it in. And then when you actually go and do the math and try to figure out how much you're paying, it's probably way more than you originally had anticipated um, and and you know, looking at it from a cash flow perspective is nice. I mean, that is how most people do their finances. It is from a month to month basis, and, and and based off of that. But you know, the the total cost is also an important thing to consider as well. And if you decide how much you're willing to pay upfront and get pre approved for for an auto loan, you're kind of protecting yourself from from getting in that conversation at the dealership right. and and having them play that math and and sticking you in a 112 month loan.
1: I was—I thought you meant 112 degree room, spotlight on you, right? (laughs) Trying to get you done and oh, we'll be done in six hours. I've had some long visits to different dealerships over my car career and it's never a pleasant one. I love to walk in there with your mount already ready to sign. I've got my financing. I'm good to go. Um, The other thing too, I think when you put yourself in a better point of negotiation that way, So I've seen it also where people try to back you into a monthly figure, which you should know your affordability beforehand. Is it $400? Is it $700? Is it more than that? What is your affordability range? And believe it or not, the lender, right, in this case, say Affinity, could really help you with that math too. It's not something only the dealer can work their magic doing. Um, And also beware of that financing process. There's a lot of stuff in that very long sheet of paper they still give you in that process that adds cost over time for different things and protections that you don't necessarily have to go directly to them to afford, right?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a big purchase and there's a lot of paperwork and there's a lot of little places for them to hide basically unnecessary fees or, or upcharges that you didn't expect. You know, we, we hear things like, you know, people get charged for glass etching when they never wanted it, or they get charged for some premium accessory package that they never wanted it. Um, you know, that's, that's the other key thing when, when you're going auto buying. And, you know, I don't want to turn this into an auto buying episode, but it, it's, you know, being willing to, to walk away. I mean, I know the market's been hard for the last couple of years with vehicle availability and prices going up, but, you know, we're seeing some of that easing. And, I mean, if you're not looking for anything super, super specific – you know, the, the Honda Honda dealership two towns over can probably get you the same thing and probably isn't going to require you to, to do that upcharge of window etching that you didn't actually want. That's
1: a great point. Um, and know the dealership, um, make sure you review the dealer as much as the car in some cases, make sure that you understand where they're coming from and what their volume looks like. Uh, the other thing I think you said was really, uh, well stated was know the kind of vehicle, but don't be married to the exact one. I remember, um, my husband, when we were first married, loved this green Mustang, which was not a good-looking car. But he loved this green Mustang, and the guy at the dealership wanted to put both of us in those seats. Well, we never bought the green Mustang because we really needed the Jeep instead. <laughs> just it, it's also just sensibility sometimes, right? You know, yep. time of year matters and all those things. But um, I think you know, again, we're here to help in any way. But we'd love to hear your stories too from the member
0: mailbag in the future.
1: Any product spotlights out there today that you wanted to give uh, a little bit more shout outs to?
0: Yeah, I think we can uh, highlight something here. So uh, as you may know, Jackie, Affinity offers business services uh, and all sorts of business banking. So we offer a variety of business accounts, services and loans tailored to your needs, um, as well as merchant services, uh, basically everything that your small business needs to get going in a banking space. So, you know, we have really great Hands-on uh, approach from our representatives. They they handle every uh, business relationship individually, looking at your individual needs. Um, so please, I encourage anybody who has business banking needs to reach out to a specialist today, and they can really tell you about all of our great products and services, and and really, you know, what you can do from a, that perspective. Um, because I, I I find that some of the feedback we've gotten from our, our business members is. It's, it's a much more affordable way to business bank compared to some of the larger institutions. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a small yeah. proprietorship, you usually don't need all of the bells and whistles and we have products that can meet that need.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great um, service that a lot of people out there don't think credit unions even offer business services or small business areas. We have experts in our space and we're happy to meet you where you are anywhere in the country. Just give us a call and we're happy to help serve you in the business space as well as the retail and personal space. So great spotlight today and um, future discussion. Um, we'll bring in some experts in the small business space in in future episodes. So please. Continue to listen and stay tuned for that.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Me too. Bring on small business. Um, well, it's been a great episode, and again, even though we missed our colleague Sean today, uh, hopefully, we've covered the ground. And in, in his spirit of working with you all in our branch environment, come visit him again uh, any time of year. He's there, happy to help along with his team. Uh, we definitely ran the gamut. Grant, I think our resolution all the way through how to resolve some of the issues that we're experiencing ourselves as well as <laughs> many of you out there. But definitely, I think the big part of uh, I take away today is know kind of what your spending habits are, know how your paying habits are, and probably more importantly, ask for help and support. Right, get yep. the counseling that you need.
0: Yeah, don't don't be afraid to ask, and and you know just understanding your financial pain points, your financial personality. Um, and, and your financial stressors, a little bit of a, a teaser for our, our next episode, um, are really important um, to, to just being aware of your situation and, and how you can best manage your finances and, and stay at a, stay out of hot water and pay down that debt.
1: That's right. Your financial well-being matters, especially here to us at Affinity. And we'd love for you to uh, listen, subscribe to this podcast. Grant will tell you those details in a second. And thank you all for uh, listening today. We appreciate the uh, subscribership. And Grant, why don't you take us home?
0: All right. Thanks, Jackie. So thank you again for listening to Wellbeing in Your Wallet. Uh, You can rate, like, and subscribe for more. And please do that on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. And then you can visit affinityfcu.com for additional information about financial well-being and Affinity products.